One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome to the Second Tier Podcast. I'm Ryan Dilks, and I'm joined by the EFL Awards to my Second Tier Awards. It's Justin Peach. Good day to you, Ryan. Second Tier Awards coming out in two weeks' time, ladies and gentlemen. Not jot it down in your diaries. Um, Justin, how are you? I'm very good. I'm really good. I'm actually really excited for the weekend with all the the, the, the permutations with the football. There's, the results this mm. week have just wet my appetite so much. Mm. I, I my 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 excitement the other night when the goals were going in was ridiculous it was like watching was crazy. star wars again as a child is amazing it was that good was it? it it was it was it just because you get to a some point in the season when you championship pundit sometimes um things go out the window just because things are wrapped up you look at fulham wrapped up the league pretty much relegation's done this is all we've got yeah yeah, and for the longest time, it looked like we were just going to have the playoff race to talk about exactly. the automatic promotion races open back up. If it's like for you watching Star Wars as a kid, at what point is it Darth Vader re- revealing he's Luke's father? Whoa, 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 whoa. Spoiler alert. you got to put a spoiler alert out before you say these things. I think the film's been out for 40 years now, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think if you've not watched it now, then... <laughs> what, what, what's the equivalent there? Um, it's the equivalent of Forrest scoring in the 93rd minute to win 1-0 to take them ahead of Bournemouth after Bournemouth lose this weekend and Forrest win. That's what it would be like. It'd be unreal. We've got that to look forward to, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> well, welcome to the number one championship-specific podcast. He's second tier. Thank you for joining us wherever you are. Yes, we're going to talk about all those games that have happened in midweek. Plenty of twists and turns happening once again in this championship roller coaster, And we're nearly at the end now. Just two games remaining for most teams in the division as we head towards the final weekend of the championship season. I can't really wait. <laughs> we'll talk about some of the news from the past few days as well in the second tier and then finish off with the Craig Bryson pub quiz right at the end. But before we jump into the show, may I tell you, listener, about our friends at FansBet, the fan-led sports betting company committed to supporting charities and causes which are important to fans. Do check them out by clicking the link in the description of this episode. They've got an exclusive offer for listeners to the second tier. You can get a welcome offer of bet £10, get £30, plus 10 free spins. UK mobile registrations only. Terms and restrictions apply. Full details on site 18 plus please do gamble responsibly visit begambleaware.org for more info and do also check out fansbet responsible gambling tools let's kick things off justin with bournemouth who came from three goals down to draw 3-3 with swansea we'll start off by saying what a game this was (laughs) but justin i think it's strange because you look at it one way coming back from being three goals down obviously feels like a win in most situations right but heading into this, I think a draw would have been a poor result for Bournemouth. So if you take the context away from it, not a great result, but obviously in the circumstances could have been worse. Do you see what I mean? 
Yeah, no, absolutely. It's, it, is, it is a weird one, isn't it? Because as you say, they they need to pick up a win just to give them that breathing space um, ahead of Forest, which is why it was so frustrating um, them dropping points recently um, with, with draws. But yeah, a win here would have been absolutely massive. Um, a draw isn't the worst thing. Um, it's not ideal at all, but at least they showed something in their game um, against against Swansea that makes you think, okay, then maybe they can get it over the line. They showed a character. They showed a willingness to break from the game plan. They had to, um, and and that's yeah, that's a lot more reassuring than losing this game three nil. Yeah, well, it is worth mentioning they could have won it had Kiefer Moore took away a big chance just before the equaliser. So this was a brilliant, brilliant game. But looking at the big picture, Justin, this point and Forest's win against Fulham, which we'll get onto very shortly, this leaves the gap between Bournemouth and Forest at just three points with three games remaining when it was 11 points at the start of this month, which just seemed mental. Now, Justin, I always say it, I always say I hate the term bottling it, and I do. I think it's often thrown around too lightly. But if Bournemouth don't go up, I struggle to see an argument how this wouldn't be a bottle job. But how big of a bottle job are we talking here? Well, yeah, it's, it's, it'd be massive, wouldn't it? But I think coming back from three goals down is is sort of, I think I, I put it on Twitter, it's a reverse bottle job. They look like they were going to bottle it, but they, they somehow find their, way, uh, find their way back into it. So I don't think you can, um, I don't think you can criticise them too much after coming back into this game. But yeah, if they do drop out of the automatics, then it would be massive considering the squad they've got, the start they had to the season and the points they've accumulated since. It, yeah, it would be a, an absolute disaster and, and, and quite rightly so. Probably, probably sackable, I think, for Scott Parker. Mm, I think there's definitely an argument for it. And the thing is, as well, obviously, if they fall out for the top two, they've still got the chance of the playoffs. But I'm unconvinced that they'd even win them because mm. missing out after being in the top two and looking so settled for so long, I think that's going to have a real impact on them mentally. And I remember when well, it was Brighton, wasn't it? They missed out yeah. on promotion in 2016. Um, it takes an emotional toll on you when you miss out on promotion mm-hmm. on the last day or so close to uh, the last day or what have you. Um, and then you've just got to do it all over again. It's very difficult to reset into it. And it is, yeah. If, if they don't get this over the line, then they won't deserve it. And I know I'm stating the obvious there by saying they didn't deserve it points-wise, but you've got to think about it like this, right? One of the reasons Bournemouth have been dropping points is because... They've had this really tricky run of games against teams in the top half of the table. They've only won one from the last six, haven't they? Mm-hmm. But if you're struggling to beat very good championship sides, how do you think you'll do when you're facing Premier League <laughs> sides week in, week out? So maybe in a strange way, it might be good for Bournemouth if they don't get promoted because there's definitely a lot of work that needs doing with this side. And I've still got plenty of question marks about Scott Parker and his tactical capabilities of breaking down top sides. So, yeah, plenty of question marks over Bournemouth, um, whether they get promoted or not. Quick word on Swansea, Justin. That's twice in just over a week that they've let go of a three-goal lead. They're a side who are still fancy to do quite well next season, but they're also a side that needs a lot of work doing, aren't they? I don't think they need a lot of work doing. They just, they need... You look at the defenders they had on the pitch at the end of the game. Kiefer Moore was probably licking his lips at the, at the thought. Carl um, Norton, there was, um, I think it was Joel Latiba Bodier as well. Uh, and there was Flynn Downs in there. Just not a very physical backline. And obviously, with ball playing defenders, 
they're not the most physical or they're perceived to be not the most physical, whereas you, know, you can go out and get them. Um, so I do think they just they just need a couple of defenders to come in um, and it, it would automatically improve the side because going forwards, they look good. They're clinical as well. They're a good side. They just need adding to it, essentially. Fulham nil, Nottingham Forest one. As far as statement wins go, Justin, this is right up there, isn't it? Yeah, this was this was massive, and you know, I, was, I was watching this game all the way through, and it was it was an exciting game because there was a lot of chances for a team like Forest who had to sit back quite a lot, um, and and hit Fulham on the break, and Fulham were a little bit slow, I think, in the first half. Um, there was a lot of really good chances in this game, and both keepers did them did themselves a very good, very good, uh, did themselves a lot of justice in in, in possibly my match. But Steve Cook, what a performance from Steve Cook, absolutely unreal. Um, he did the same thing for Bournemouth earlier on in the season. Yeah, monumental brick wall. There's no other way of just describing it. Yeah, Forrest really had to grind it out, and didn't they? And Cook was brilliant. I thought Bree Samba was good as well. Needed mm-hmm. to make some really important saves to <clears throat> keep out the Fulham attackers. But it was just a, a good tactical performance from Forrest here. And mm-hmm. it was exactly what you need to show especially if they are going to be a Premier League side in the near future as well yeah. the goal was very strange once it I imagine <laughs> a lot of people didn't even see it because it looked like Fulham had an optimistic pass by Sam Surridge under control but then Philip Zincanago managed to just poke it in past Merritt Rodak very <laughs> very strange but for me this is a side that looks ready to play Premier League football for me what do you think Justin? It's, it's hard to disagree with you on it because of how how well drilled they were defensively when you're going up to the Premier League, I think it was Daniel Farker that pointed this out, um, the attacking teams tend to struggle in their first season. So his Norwich teams have struggled whenever they've gone up. But the defensive teams or the teams that sort of lean on being more disciplined and, and, and structured and, and harder to break down, they tend to fare a lot better. You look at that Sheffield United team, for example, in their first season, very good, kept a lot of clean sheets. And there are echoes of that that team in the in this forest side in it in how they defend um, and how quickly they break forward. So yeah, they are they are ready made. They they will need adding to obviously player wise, but style of play, defensive discipline, and structure, work off the ball. They're ready for it. If I got told tomorrow that Fulham, Forest, and Bournemouth were going up, don't care in what order, but they're going up. I would fancy Forrest to do the best out of those three teams, I think, just because, as you say, they have got a manager who plays a style of football, which I think would suit the Premier League and a team that is, you know, scraping out results mm-hmm. as opposed to the two others who will have to change their style of play, won't they? To yeah, they would have to adapt to the Premier League. Yeah. Um, and they've also shown that they, their recruitment is absolutely sterling, haven't they? With um, this season, budget. yeah, with this season, with budgets <laughs> that aren't um, the same as the likes of Bournemouth and Fulham, and yeah. I feel like they know who to bring in as opposed to Bournemouth and Fulham, who may just sign everyone who's moving. So uh, I'd fancy Forest to do the best out in the Premier League out of those three. But sticking with the automatic promotion race, Justin Forest play Swansea this weekend, while Bournemouth are away at Blackburn. Then next Tuesday, Bournemouth v Forest. I mean. It doesn't get any bigger than that, does it? It's, it's absolutely massive. Obviously, it could all go out the window if, if Bournemouth win and Forest lose this weekend. But I think the mentality of the Forest players and team at the moment is is absolutely spot on. I think Joe Worrell was his post match interview, interview summed the team up at the moment. Um, 
so yeah, it'd be hard to see anything other than a decent result for for Forest this weekend. Obviously, depends what team Bournemouth t- uh, depends what yeah depends what team Bournemouth um, turn up with, uh, what mentality they turn up with as well. But yeah, it's, it's a mouth watering game, and I can't wait. I really can't wait. It's going to be an exciting. One. It's 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 essentially two playoff finals into yeah, one season. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's absolutely remarkable, and to think this is only happening because the game at the Vitality Stadium got cooled off earlier in the season. Mm-hmm. Um, whether Bournemouth are regretting that now, obviously I don't think <laughs> anything could have changed, but whether they were hoping that it was just played earlier in the season so there wouldn't be this amount of pressure, mm-hmm. I don't know. But it's going to be so fascinating and I'm hoping that the results this weekend suit this game becoming even bigger just so it becomes even more mouth-watering. But <laughs> we'll have to wait and see on that front. At one minute in five from Fulham now, they've not officially won the title yet but they're making a bit of a mess of sealing it aren't they Justin yeah I think I think going back to how this game played out against or obviously against Forest I don't think they were bad I just think they were a little bit slow in the first half um they created an abundance of chances and I think they were just looking that they came up against a Forest team of fighting apps tooth and nail absolutely everything to get to that top to get into that top two um and obviously, the goal that they scored was 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 well conceded. Sorry, was quite unfortunate. But yeah, they are they are stumbling a little bit. But given how how ruthless they have been going forwards this season, they scored ninety nine goals. You know, they they they've been so so good. So they, you can give them a little bit of reprieve um, with that. Yeah, short form. But they're going to win the they're going to win the title anyway, aren't they? Because Bournemouth mm-hmm. are the only team who are catching them, and at this point, it looks like. Bournemouth would have to win. In fact, they would have to win every single game and Fulham would have to lose pretty much every single game. So they're going to win it, but they're crawling over the line after sprinting for the past mile. <laughs> um, does it affect how I think they'll do in the Premier League? Not really, but it's not exactly, you know, going over the line in flying colours, is it? Yeah. Let's head up to Lancashire for the derby between Preston and Blackburn, which surprisingly finished 4-1 to the visitors. Prior to this, Blackburn had only managed four league wins this calendar year, and they'd only picked up three points from a possible 27 in their last nine away games. Justin, this is one I didn't see coming at all. Yeah, and it gives gives every single Blackburn fan a little bit of hope as well, which, as we all know in football, is the hope that kills you. Um, But... Yeah, seeing this result play out the way it did, absolutely sort of yeah, mind-boggling as to how as to how firstly Blackbird scored more than two goals, um, and secondly how they managed to keep out pressing. But actually, Blackburn were very good. They were as electric on the break as they were earlier in the season, um, and they were really really efficient in front of goal, which is exactly what you need when you. I'd say down on your look, but when you're in really poor form, you need goals to go in. You look at John Buckley's daisy cutter for example. Mm. So, so precise. So, so precise. And I guess he's quite fortunate given the distance the the, the goal was um, or, or the shot was from goal. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was a good performance and a much needed one to, I think, just to lift the pressure off the team and Mowbray a little bit as well. I suppose it shows that form goes out the window in Derby's, doesn't <laughs> it? The old adage proving true. But this was like the Blackburn of old. John Buckley was brilliant. I thought Lewis Travis in the middle of the park was mm-hmm. excellent as well. Brereton Diaz got a hat-trick of assists, kind of. Um, we'll give it to him. But yeah, it was the dynamic Blackburn that we saw around wintertime who were just blowing away past mm-hmm. teams. It was fantastic. Ryan Lowe even admitted after the game that Blackburn wanted it more 
which is not exactly what you want to hear from your manager after a derby. But nonetheless, despite Blackburn's rotten form recently, they've actually still got a chance of nicking the last playoff spot, which I find miraculous considering they've been so poor in the second half of the season. But how do you assess their chances at this point, Justin? Pretty weak. Um, They're on the same number of points as Millwall and obviously there's the goal difference factor as well, that they are quite level with Sheffield United and Borough. So that does give them a little bit of respite. Um, but considering that Bournemouth have, sorry, Blackburn have failed to build on their form in the second half of the season, it's really difficult to see them finishing in that top six. If they back it up with a win against Bournemouth, then actually you probably start to think they, they might be able to do it then. Um, because you go back to that Derby game where the first half they were terrible, second half they were brilliant. Next game they lose. They were just back to, I wouldn't say Blackburn of old, but Blackburn that we you know don't love this this half of the season essentially. Um, so yeah, I'd assess them as weak at the moment. They need to follow up with a good performance at the weekend. Well, as things stand, if Sheffield United win either of their remaining games, then that's just about it for Blackburn. So exactly, you're also asking Blackburn to win at least one of their remaining two games and the three points have been few and far between for them this calendar year, haven't they? And now Mm -hmm. we've got the caveat as well that Middlesbrough have managed to jump ahead of them in the pecking order too. So who knows? There's been crazier things that have been, that have happened in the playoff race (laughs) at this point of the season, but obviously it's unlikely, isn't it? Just a lapse of break. After that, we'll talk about Middlesbrough's win against Cardiff and Barnsley, who are going down with very little to fight for. Back to the second tier podcast. So Middlesbrough moved within two points of the playoffs after beating Cardiff 2-0. What did you make of this one, Justin? I don't think Borough were particularly great, as the scoreline might suggest, but ultimately they got the job done. That's that's it, isn't it? They got the job done, which is what they've <coughs> which is what they've struggled to do um in recent games. I think getting the early goal in the second half and the uh, through McGree would have definitely um we definitely lifted the pressure off going into that final uh, half an hour because Cardiff under Steve Morrison can can chuck things uh, can chuck things forward can chuck the ball forward and, and nick a goal as well. So <clears throat> yeah, it's a really important win, really important clean sheet, and obviously keeps them in the hunt for the the top six. Again, relying on Sheffield United dropping points, but they're in with a shout, which is exactly what they need to be at this stage. Nice goal by Marcus Tavernier here from 25 yards out. How, how do you rate their playoff chances then, Justin? Their remaining games are at home to Stoke and away at Preston. Both definitely winnable, aren't they? And worth saying that they're only two points behind Sheffield United, who have got to play Fulham on the final day of the season. So, yeah, what are you thinking? It's, it's difficult to say. I think I think if you look at Blackburn, Borough and Sheffield United, they're, they're all, those three teams, are, they're out of form. They're badly out of form. Millwall are the form team, um, but because of goal difference, I'm not mentioning them, um, even though they're level on points with with Blackburn. Um, and then you look at this, you look at them going forwards. Strikers are misfiring. Tavernier's goal was was from distance. Um, they did create a good number of chances, but at the same time, they lack it. They lack a certain something going forwards. It's really hard to put your finger on, but they do need a little bit more going forward. <clears throat> defensively they're okay they have been a bit shaky re- recently um, but at the moment again I, I, I'd, I'd say Sheffield United are the, the favourites just because they've got a two point gap and they've got players coming back from injury um, 
that they can only get better is what I'm trying to say. Well, if they win this weekend, then that is essentially it for mm-hmm. most of the teams there, isn't it? And Middlesbrough yeah. probably the only side left if Sheffield United were to win, who could take advantage because they've got those two winnable games. And this is in the caveat that Sheffield United won't get a result against Fulham, but considering they've only got one win in five at the time of recording, there's every chance that they could get a result there. So who knows? It's still up in the air, but it is obviously Sheffield United in the driving seat. Middlesbrough need to try and get rid of this terrible run of form (laughs) that they've been on. Obviously easier said than done. So we'll see. Already relegated, Barnsley lost 2-0 at home to Blackpool. Barnsley didn't have their loanies, Domingos, Quina or Amin Bassi for this game after sending them back to their parent clubs. They've relied a lot on those two for creativity over the past few months, Justin, and it sure as hell showed here, didn't it? I was going to say that. I was going to say that, yeah, it did. This was such a terrible performance um, and they missed that quality that those that those players brought in. Um I thought Matty Wolf was was okay and obviously he hit the bar from distance. But other than that, I think Courtney Woodrow forced a decent save from Chris Maxwell as well. But other than that, this was um this was a poor, poor performance and does not make you think that Barnsley can come straight back up next season. Yeah, well that's what I was gonna say. It's an unfortunate, <laughs> worrying sign of what's to come for Barnsley, isn't it? Even the mm-hmm. permanent players like Carlton Morris, Callum Styles, Corley Woodrow, all of them started in this game, didn't play particularly well. But how many of them are actually going to stay? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're, you're spot on. Um, and you look at Morris and Woodrow. Last season, they were a top six forward lineup, obviously with Daryl DK in there as well. This season, they're, they're probably going to finish bottom of the table. Um, and that's 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 really really sad. But yeah, you've got to feel sorry for them because they've got absolutely no supply at all. And also with the the, the wing back system they play, they don't really offer much uh, out wide either. And the likes of Callum Styles. Um, yeah, there's, there's a yeah. I just just feel sorry for them because there's nothing for them at the moment going forwards. Um, they'll probably get bids coming for them. If I was Barnsley, I would I would sell them to 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 fund a new squad because that's what they need. That is exactly what they need. They need a new squad, but will their recruitment be how it was <laughs> a couple of seasons ago or last summer? Um, it's too. It's like chalk and cheese isn't it those two yeah. so it needs to be the cheese in this situation otherwise <laughs> they're going to be in serious serious shit a very comfortable win for black ball though and i think it's quite clever actually just in how much depth they've got because they've got one of the lowest wage budgets in the division as we know but they still managed to easily win here sure barnsley weren't up to mm-hmm. much but blackpool didn't have josh bowler jerry yates he was on the bench keshi anderson gary medine some of their key players this season, but still won comfortably here. It's, it's mighty impressive, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. If you look at Jake Beasley, for example, came in from Rochdale in January, has had to bide his time, but he's looking at a decent acquisition. Um, up front with Shane Lavery as well. I think that's a classic little and large partnership, but I mean, Gary Medine, you put him up there and everyone's smaller than him, so it's the same thing. But yeah, you're absolutely spot on in in, in, in talking about the depth. Matty Virgil, uh, Matty Virgil came in, he's been out. Um, with a serious injury, he's he's came in for his first few games. Kenny Dougal has been great since he's come back into the team as well. You look at that, Kevin Stewart, not even in the side, for example, he's he's been injured. Yeah, there's there's a lot of depth here, um, and it is really really exciting. They've got like for like depth as well. You look at Beasley, Medine, there's Lavery, there's Yates, slightly different. There's Dale, Anderson, Hamilton. It's, it's a lot of good players, and it is it is really exciting. As I say, 
yeah, I'm just looking at the squad now. It's it's yeah, it's it's got to do well next season. Oh, I hope it does well next season because again, with their recruitment and the budget, just goes to show you don't need to do too much. No, absolutely not. Right now, it's time for this. Yes, it's time for the news. So the EFL Awards winners have been announced. Just want to emphasise that these are Mickey Mouse Awards compared to the much more prestigious Second Tier Awards, which will be announced in about two weeks' time. But unsurprisingly, Player of the Season was Alexander Mitrovic. No shock at all there. I think we can all agree on that. Mm-hmm. Brennan Johnson won Young Player of the Season. Team of the Season had Lee Nichols in goal. A back three of Joe Worrell, Tosin Adarabayo and Lloyd Kelly. Wingbacks were Jed Spence and Anthony Robinson. Ryan Yates and Phil Billing and Harry Wilson in midfield. Up front, Alexander Mitrovic and Dom Solanke. And then finally, Nathan Jones, named as manager of the season. Without giving too much away, Justin, our team of the season, how close is that to your team of the season? It's, yeah, it's fairly close. Um, I think last season we surprised quite a few. Obviously, Watford had the best defensive record, but we didn't have any Watford defenders in there, mainly because they didn't make any they didn't make over 30 appearances between them or well, each. So that surprised a few. There might be a couple of surprises with ours this season. Um, but that one that they had is, is pretty close. Also want to point out that every single team of the season right through the leagues had three at the back. I know there's mm-hmm. been a trend of more teams playing three at the back, but what happened to good old 4-4-2? Yeah, bring back four four two Brexit ball. Um, I, I was having a look at it, and I've got about three quarters of my team settled. I mm-hmm. think, obviously, me and Justin, we make our own teams, and then we have a, tough negotiations <laughs> over who's going to stay in what position. But we shouldn't be too far off, I don't think. Um, but I think I agree with half of that team. There are some admissions who I was a bit like, oh, really? Um, but then in others, I'm I'm still very unsettled in other areas. So mm-hmm. who knows? We, we'll, hopefully it'll become a lot more clearer in the next two weeks and uh, we'll be a lot more settled on our team of the season, which the whole world is obviously waiting for. Justin, let's move on. Huddersfield and Luton have both been fined for failing to control their players after the mass brawl that happened when the two teams met earlier this month. Huddersfield contested the charge and were told to pay £5,500. Luton admitted the charge and were fined slightly less. Moving on, Lanks Live says Preston's Izzy Brown and Josh Murphy are no longer with the club. Izzy Brown's missed the whole season after suffering an Achilles injury. Josh Murphy, meanwhile, has been on loan all season but has barely played. The report says punctuality and attitude are two of the reasons behind their exits. I think for both of them, Justin, it's difficult to predict where their careers actually go from here. Yeah, you're spot on. Really disappointed for Izzy Brown because I thought it was a good signing but it's just injuries that have held him back because he's a quality player um, and he was so unfortunate to, to get that Achilles injury last uh, last summer um, with with Murphy completely forgot he was at Preston he came on against Derby and I was like mm. did he make that move in January but he said he's been alone for the season yeah completely completely forgettable and again I know he's had calf issues but yeah it's, it's pretty sad that their, their careers have dampened a little bit because they're two very very talented players yeah but the fact that it's coming down to punctuality and attitude as well yeah it's poor really poor so josh josh murphy's career in particular i think is really interesting because i'm not sure if he's out of contract at cardiff this summer but they paid 11 million for it yeah a few years ago (laughs) which is obviously looking like a shocking bit of business now but 
when you consider how his brother, obviously you, you always link these two together because they're twin brothers and I always <laughs> get their careers mixed up. But when you consider that his brother's doing all right at Newcastle in the Premier League, mm-hmm. it's it's strange, isn't it, how his career has ended up like this. I struggled to see Izzy Brown getting a championship move next yeah. season because obviously you've got to take into account the injury side of things anyway. But if if Preston aren't fancying you next season, then the bar isn't much lower, is it? Unless it's the team who's just come up. You know what I mean? I mean, that, no, no that just sounded harsh. Preston, I did. <laughs> but, well, it sounds harsh, but you know what I mean? Preston's mid-table, isn't it? You're looking yeah. the level below that now, which is a team coming up. Mm-hmm. So unless he can't get a move there, then who knows? His career might just fizzle out because it's happened to players of a similar stature to him before. Steve Bruce has told West Brom's players to move closer to the training ground next season. Eight to nine members of the squads live more than an hour away. I said eight to nine, by the way. It sounded like 89. (laughs) (laughs) Eight to nine members of the squad live more than an hour away. But Bruce says he'll continue living an hour and a half away at his home in Cheshire, which is just bizarre, Justin. If this happened in a normal office, it would be something like straight out of the mouth of Michael Scott. <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah, it is very, uh, very office-based. It is weird, isn't it, that he wants them to move closer? I mean, if they live a train connection away, for example, like, say if you lived in, you say if you played for Birmingham, you lived in Tamworth, that's okay because you're a 20-minute train away. Bit, a bit of a longer drive. But an hour's drive, I don't know, more than an hour's drive, it just seems a bit harsh making them uproot their families for the sake of maybe an hour radius. A bit bizarre. Mm. The thing is, the roads around West Brom are absolutely shocking. They are. So yeah. They'd have to basically move into the West Midlands and a lot of the house, I imagine a lot of the people who play for West Brom probably live in the Worcestershire area where it's a lot a very upmarket kind of area do you work in real estate i just know i just i just know from working in that area that worcestershire is a very is a hot place for people to live in it's very nice around there um so maybe steve bruce should be complaining about the road system in the west instead just just putting out there and finally luton boss nathan jones has revealed he set fire to a table tennis table in a bid to change the culture at the club speaking to Talksport, he says when he first joined the club he thought some players were more concerned with ping pong than playing football thoughts on this just in it setting fire to a table tennis table instead of just recycling it seems a bit psychotic it's pretty wild, yeah. That is that is making a statement. I'm trying to trying to think of something to compare it to. Any sort of wild leaders, yeah. Maybe we're trying to do one of those things that you may have heard on a TED talk, and he's just thinking, right? I'll try and inspire these lot. It was a Stoke dressing room, wasn't it? Was it a Stoke dressing room? Was it Luton dressing room? Oh, that's even crazier then, because very humble group Luton players. Um, yeah, pretty bonkers. And table tennis, it's a nice little pastime as well. Yeah, a bit harsh. Mm, yeah it's it's one way of just it's one thing saying i'm just gonna chuck this on the skip lads you've taken this too far but setting it on fire also how did he set fire to it because they're obviously coated table tennis tables are they're, they're, i'd imagine they would be quite difficult to set fire to i yeah i'd love for them to have thrown a molotov cocktail onto it to really <sighs> amplify the craziness to it I've always wanted to throw a Molotov cocktail, Justin. I've always just wanted to give it a go to see if it actually works. <laughs> it's like, it's right, like one of those things. 
but it's like one of those things that you see in movies all the time and you're like oh that's look that looks really cool i really want to give it a go it's like kicking in a door or something like that do you know what i mean maybe we can do like this like you know during the um, summer break we can do like a youtube series on experiments and things that you see in movies that you want to try in real life like getting in a taxi and shouting go 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 or the free kick seeing what happens or the free kick in Benny like Beckham the slowest free kick ever <laughs> dodgy goalkeeping <laughs> right now it's time for this alright alright settle down you lot it's time for the Craig Bryson pub quiz yeah that goalkeeper definitely got paid off didn't she uh, thank you Mr Bartender it's the penultimate Craig Bryson pub quiz of the season everyone what an emotional roller coaster it's been this is the game where Justin and I tried to guess a mystery championship legend this week I'm giving Justin six clues on a player who's made at least 200 championship appearances all he's got to do is guess who it is 13-12 to myself for the situa- uh, for the season the situation is still the same Justin can't win for the season. The best he can do is draw. But Justin's thrown his toys out the pram recently by giving me absolute stinkers. So, Justin, do you want the first clue? Yeah, I'll have the first clue. But throw toys out the pram and me is completely off statement, given that how you ended last week's episode. Well, you have <laughs> gone from giving me actual players who people actually know at championship level to going to as obscure as it gets listen listen the craig bryson pub quiz is for the 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 second tier ogs it's for the people who are passionate about championship football if you get to this point in the episode and you've not switched off you love the craig bryson pub quiz and i'm giving the people what they want okay (laughs) first clue i've made 289 championship appearances scoring 21 goals 289 appearances 21 goals could be a very good fullback maybe a midfielder I will I will go with Ben Watson though. It's not Ben Watson. Fullback scoring twenty one goals? You never know. That's one in ten pretty much, isn't it? That's four goals a season. Connor Roberts is good for those numbers in five years' time, maybe. Mm, okay, maybe. Maybe you got a point. I made my professional debut at Shrewsbury. At Shrewsbury, Dave Edwards. It's not Dave Edwards. Oh. Good to have mentioned. Um, I made most of my club appearances for Wolves. I promise it's still not Dave Edwards. Oh. Um, I made most of my club appearances for Wolves, playing there for six seasons before leaving in 2002. Oh. <laughs> um, leaving, leaving in 2002. Ow. Um, professional debut for Shrewsbury. That's why it's obviously in the 90s, isn't it? Um, good maths, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> Decades and all that. Um, I don't know. Nigel Jempson? No. No, he's most known for playing for Forest. That's a silly answer. It's not Nigel Jempson. I don't really know who that is. Other clubs I played for include Sunderland, Sheffield United, Rotherham, and Portsmouth. Sunderland, Sheffield United, Rotherham, Portsmouth. <clears throat> Shrewsbury Wolves sixties. The thing is, right pre two thousand Wolves, I know nothing about. It's really weird. There's just a massive gap in my knowledge on Wolves before the millennium restarted. It's bonkers. Mm-hmm. So this is yeah, this is difficult. Yeah, I like Steve how Bull. I like how yeah Steve Bull and obviously our, our former teacher Andy Thompson as well. Um, yeah, I like how cold you're being with this you're you're being such a bastard i'm just giving you a player i think is as relevant as the past two you've given me um 
289 appearances, 21 goals. Got to be a midfielder. 2002, it's, it's that, that 2002 Wolves thing. Next clue, please. Two left. All right. I have over 50 caps for Wales. What were the teams he played for? Portsmouth, Rotherham, Sheffield United, Sunderland, Wolves. It's not Andy Johnson, is it? It's not Andy Johnson. I retired from football in 2011, ending my career in the MLS, where I also went on to manage. This is the last clue. Yes, yes, it is. You have been... This is the last Craig Bryson put quiz of the season, and you are not giving it... We've the... got one more next week. Oh, have we? You're just, yeah. you're just not giving it the umph it needs, I don't think. Um, I'm just went giving to you the MLS. I think is as relevant as the last two you've given me. Went to the MLS in... When did you say went to the MLS? Um, I didn't say when he went to the MLS. I said he's, he ended his career in the MLS in 2011. In 2011. Yeah. Um, and he's played for Rotherham, Portsmouth. Yeah, you, you repeat all the clues I've mentioned. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Rotherham, Portsmouth. Yep. Started at Shrewsbury, yep. 50 caps for Wales, six years at Wolves, ended in 2002. Yeah, um, you've got it. <laughs> Thanks for the recap. Sorry, what, what were the clubs he played for again? For God's sake. <laughs> Are you being serious? Yeah, yeah, yeah 100%. Yeah, yeah. Wolves, Sunderland, Sheffield United, Rotherham, Portsmouth. Carl Robinson. It is Carl Robinson. <laughs> Get in there! Oh my God. That is absolutely mental. Where the hell has that just come from? Get in there. That was the depths of the chambers. Never knew he played for uh, Wolves. That is absolutely mental. I cannot believe you've just got that. <laughs> Unbelievable. He's equalised. Unbelievable. Justin, are you going to promise that you're not going to be a knobhead when it comes to the Craig Bryson pub quiz next week? I can't promise anything. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm completely astounded. And, you know, I just, just hope that the, 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 the viewers, the listeners enjoyed that because that was that was a good one. You gave me absolutely nothing. You gave me absolutely nothing. I told nothing. you every club he played for. You told me every club he played. I told you who um, Chris McCann's dad worked for last week, and you gave me nothing this week. That, that's because Chris McCann is completely obscure as anything. <laughs> last week you gave me the week before you gave me Gifton Noel Williams. So He's good players. He's let's good be players. sportsmanlike on the last week, all right? Okay, and do the honourable thing and just give me someone who more than <clears throat> five people will be able to tell you what clubs those players have played for, all right? Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah sure. So it's yeah. 13 all for the season. <laughs> Send that there. <laughs> he hates it. I hate it because you've completely shit-housed the last two players with me. That's what the championship's all about. That's what it's all about. No, Craig Bryson will be spinning in his grave. <laughs> right, this has been the Second Tier Podcast. We'll be back again on Sunday to talk about all the weekend's games as we head towards the final couple of games for the championship season. I can't bloody wait, Justin, and I'm excited as anything. So we look forward to seeing you on Sunday. This has been the Second Tier Podcast. I have been Ryan Dilks. I've been Justin Peach. Thank you 
for listening. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.